2: rolls on it's uh got about 20 events in joe but that's like a 25 percent of the way used to be uh, almost halfway (laughs) but uh kind of funny but a lot of really great stuff out there and uh, a lot of really good players big names winning some things some brand new players uh they finished up the big 50 which uh had 28,300 plus, and certainly uh you know that's uh we going to go down in the history books. It's kind of a one-off tournament, Big 50. You know, right. I don't think they're going to have a Big 51. <laughs> but who knows what they might do. Well, but being that this was such
1: a success, the way they structured this tournament and you know, the, the the days in it, it almost felt like a main event. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and um, really
2: got the series kicked I, off. I'd great. be shocked if
1: they don't come back with something similar to this next year, to be honest with you. Well, a good
2: friend of ours, uh, Aldrin Gomez, uh, told me about it maybe about a month ago and said, you know, everybody's talking about it. They're going to have these huge fields. They're talking about maybe 25,000 players. And I was kind of scoffed at it because the forty eight hundred was what the World Series of Poker said they could handle each On, day, but w- then again, without the re and
1: and and you know and, and well, alternates,
2: I want to look at the numbers real quick. There's twenty eight thousand three hundred seventy one players, the most ever in any tournament in the World Series of Poker, the largest ever for a five hundred dollar price point buy in was a thirteen point five million dollar prize pool of which first place was first uh, place uh actually was they uh, guaranteed a million yeah one million one hundred fifty thousand plus so that means they paid out a lot more going down the field right uh forty forty two thousand fifty eighth place was seven hundred fifty dollars
1: I'm sorry what was that forty
2: two thousand fifty eight they paid forty two hundred over forty two hundred players and the min cast was seven fifty
1: so if you got, right, because they said if you made it through, what was it, day two, you were getting something. You were already getting something.
0: Yeah, they, and I think the it end, must have before been before the more. end of day two, correct.
1: Before, well, so they must have been before the day and two, because how many, how many went through on, on day two D? Do you have those numbers there? About right?
2: 9,000, I think it was like 9,100.
1: Wait, 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 because when Al finished, listen. For, for that one was, day. Al he was at, in D, in, he in, was 1C. 1C, right. so. When 2C ended, okay, the first uh, uh the first two flights, 1A and 1B, when their day two ended, there was 316 in one and 321 in the other that were left the, right. that had gone through through day right. two. but you're when saying Al for done, when Al was done, when Al's uh, day two ended, they were at about 480 to f- close to 500 right. uh, players. okay, so right there, that's 1100. You know, that's a Eleven 1, hundred, may maybe maybe twelve hundred, upper eleven, uh, little lower twelve. So, uh, you know, I know the biggest field was 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 one D, right? If I'm not mistaken. Well, I'm
2: telling you, the entries for one D were about nine thousand. Right. Okay. But Went how down, many wh- were left? Oh, after were left at the end of two, the day,
1: after day two, because if they paid down to forty two,
2: I think f- about eleven 1, hundred, something like that.
1: Okay. So. So even if there was, let's even say 1,200 there and 1,200 that was left from the first three flights, you're looking at 2,400 players that got through day two right? to start okay. day three. So that means th- th- there had to be a cutoff point that they're paying these players off, right? Because you said they paid f- uh, four thousand. Yeah, dollars it 250? was late in the night on
2: day two, I'm pretty sure, is when they paid. Okay. But
1: I wonder how they did that. I, I guess... I guess they got to a point with with day uh two on uh, on on two d I would imagine right you know
2: well, let me give you a couple of other numbers uh which is makes it interesting uh of the twenty eight thousand three hundred seventy one players there were set, uh, just under eighteen thousand unique entries
1: okay and then there which was sixty
2: three point three percent of the field
1: so then the other thirty six point whatever Was re-entries? Was
2: re-entries, most of which, uh, you know, they have a whole list of how many players entered several times. Uh, 11,000 players entered only once. Players entering twice was another 4,000. Players entering three times was another
1: 1,500. Okay.
2: All the way up to 10 people who had entered eight times. Which was the max you could reenter? Twice a day. Yeah, you could reenter once each right. session. Uh, the number of males was, and this is pretty good, uh, about ninety-three percent. So a little over seven percent were females this which year, which is a higher number
1: than they get in the main
2: event. In the main, but it's about four, but it's but smaller. it's a smaller buy-in.
1: Uh, you know, you're talking about one twentieth of the of the buy-in. Yeah, exactly. But that's still a good trend that at yeah, least we seven percent
2: were women. Um. Let's see, the average age was 44, and uh, the average age of the women players was 48. So he had some older women playing, uh, and uh, the number of countries that had participants in was 89, 89 wow. countries. So truly a world event, uh, huge success. The winner was a ni- Nigerian from Orlando. All Floridian. Floridian uh, or, or a... <laughs> he plays down here quite a bit because obviously they don't have the tournaments. He plays a good bit in Tampa, uh, comes down here for the big tournaments. But uh, Femi Fashakin is his name. Femi Fashakin, 37 years old, uh, from Orlando. And uh, the funny thing was they they played four-handed for a long time uh, on the final day. And at one point they showed the chip counts. And the top chip count uh, was Nicholas Chow with about five. Uh, well, you know how many chips it must have been. Well, had. right. They would. It they was five hundred 50 50, 50, I mean, fifty thousand
1: chips was the starting. Was stack. the starting. So in all those players. You're looking at uh, at twenty eight three seventeen. So you're looking at like one point four billion chips. Uh, a I think bit about two
2: point four, maybe. Well, but uh, the lead the chip leader had five hundred and fifty five million chips. Right. And the st- short stack was f- Fernie, Femi, I mean Femi Fischikin. Uh He had eighty thousand. Yeah, yeah. So now, first through fourth were listed there. Two 80, hours later, eighty thousand or eighty million. Eighty million. I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, when the uh, the final chip counts came out, the order that they had showed at that time of one through four completely flip flopped. And went one four, four three one. two one. Yeah, exactly. That was the final. Yeah, yeah. That that that's right.
1: Yeah. The the chip count probably was five hundred million, then probably four hundred something million, and three hundred something th- you know million, and then him with eighty million. Right. So yeah, because twenty eight times fifty thousand is uh is one point four million. I'm um, one four one point four billion plus whatever you have. You know, probably one point four one was was uh, the count. So. Wow, so one through four, <laughs> one through four flip-flopped.
2: Exactly. Uh, anyway, final uh, numbers of as far as payouts go. Uh, Fashakan won $1.147 million. Uh, Paul Cullen won 709000 Rafi el Harar 534000 And Nick Chow, who at one time there late in the day was chip leader, went down to fourth and won 405000 uh, no one that no names that I recognize at the. Well, at did the end you have the final, final
1: payouts for the final nine on the final table by any chance, yeah. there, Dave? Uh,
2: ninth place was one hundred nine thousand. Very nice. So, uh, for five hundred dollar buy-in. Yeah. Very nice. So it was a huge draw, I guess, because of the price, or was it the? Obviously, people didn't come to play because it was the fiftieth anniversary. That didn't mean much. To no, that. but remember, it was a small price they point this and a big, and and the big the, guarantee.
1: And a lot of the money was going into the prize pool. Remember, they weren't taking a rake from original entries. They only took a rake from the well. We said original entries was eighteen thousand and change. So another nine thousand and change. Let's just square it off to ten thousand, just for for argument's sake. Right. Is where they took whatever the house, whatever they were going to rake fourth. so you know that adds tremendous value to 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 the prize pool
2: uh, for shaken his cash three times at the wsop but his career tournament earnings was just sixty thousand dollars so it was like a he's
1: gonna add a few more zeros to the to that number now yeah
2: absolutely so tremendous tournament that was started of course on the uh, about the third day of the tournament and of course lasted so long that there were lots of other tournaments done so i'm not how gonna, many
1: days did it take You'll forgive me, audience, that I wasn't paying up to. I've been so busy at work that I, I get home exhausted. I didn't even get a chance to look at this, getting I'm stuff gonna ready. I'm going to say... I uh, was watching our friend until he finished yeah. on day two. And I'm going to say it took nine days. Nine days, huh? Yeah. So when they came back, they came back for day three with about 2,400, give or take, players.
2: Right, right. Something like that. Hmm. Yeah. But uh, the big other big-name tournaments uh, have come and gone, some of them. Uh, the Millie Maker... Is uh, playing down toward a final table. They have 14 players left in that one. Okay. Air maker. Uh, the total turnout for that one 8,809.
1: And what was the buy-in?
2: Buy-in for that was 1,500. Uh, the the marathon just got underway there on day one, so that has a long way to go. And I I want to give you a couple of uh, results from some of these things, but. Um, you know, it's it, it, it's it's got a mix of big name players: Helmuth and Negrano and Phil Ivey played in the tournament already. But who's uh, won a bracelet? Any big
1: name won a bracelet yet? Anyway, any, any uh, multi like not to say multiple winners this year, but people no, have won no, a multi, bracelet oh, before.
2: Well, the the big name that just won one was uh, Israel's uh, Elie Lesra.
1: Oh, it's and yeah. I remember you know you remember him in the early two thousand late nine exactly nineties. Uh, uh, you know, outstanding player. Great uh, character on the tables, at least on TV, the, the times I got to see him.
2: It, it was his fourth WSOP bracelet. Good for him. Congratulations, it was in uh, Seven Card Stud. Uh, Anthony Zeno uh, and Elezra played head-to-head for four hours before it was finally yeah, decided. Yeah. First prize, only 93000 Yeah, but, but the bracelet uh, is more what yeah. they want there, you know? Absolutely. Uh, Elezra's fourth bracelet puts him in company of, like, Bobby Baldwin and Puggy Pearson and mm-hmm. And modern players like Sean Deeb and Brian Rast and, of course, the Mizrahi brothers.
1: Probably gets them one
2: step closer to maybe entering the Poker Hall of Fame, too. Yeah, I would say. Uh, Valentin Vornikou finished third in that one. Rep Porter, who uh, had a very short stack at one point and made a big comeback, finished in fifth. David Singer was sixth, and uh, Scott Seaver was eighth. So uh, some pretty big names in that one. That I used was... to play poker with a guy. Remember, there used to be a law, an attorney down here many years ago that had a commercial.
1: Come see David Singer. Oh yeah, 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 And I used to play. And I used to play. Now. I used to deal in a game, and, and you know, half the t- uh, two days a week, and play one night a week. Where we had a
2: guy named David Singer, and
1: he goes, "Hey, I'm David Singer, but I'm not the attorney." It was always what he would <laughs> say. Uh,
2: another event uh, that had a really nice final field um, down to the. Uh, Final table, Daniel Strelitz won the uh, $5,000 no-limit event, uh, 400 entries for a $5,000 tournament. That's pretty impressive. Shannon Shore was second in that one. Uh, Ali Imcirovich was fourth, and Maria Ho was fifth. So a uh, nice and late turnout that? in that one. Run by Daniel Strelitz, Okay. who uh, won a, a few years ago won a big uh, opener at Seminole Hard Rock that had about 5,000, or four or 5,000 entries. A um, few other tournaments uh, that we uh, kept an eye on this week. Uh, uh, the horse tournament. Uh, we always like to follow that one. Certainly, uh can afford it, we would play it. Yes, sir. Murillo um, Sousa from uh, Brazil was the winner of that one. Jason Stockfish was uh, second. Um uh, Phil Helmuth has uh, been made quite a presence, but hasn't won anything. Nigranu had a final table early, has not yet uh, really made too much of an impact. Yeah. Uh,
1: now, the final table he made was so uh, many entries, and uh, that's, that's what I always look at. It's either a big buy-in with a short, strong field or a lot of people buying in. And he mentioned, we mentioned on the show either last week or the week before, that he was going to be entering a lot more of the smaller buy-in tournaments. Right, exactly.
2: Uh, Corey Zeidman made a nice run in the uh, eight-game mix, uh, finished in, uh, let's see, 25th place, 4,600, uh, also making a deep run in that one, Matt Lance, uh who finished in 22nd, and there are 13 players left in that one out of 612. Very nice. So we're keeping an eye on all these things. Uh not a tremendous amount of controversy, uh, you know, a few things here and there. There was a there was a, a tournament that uh, Sam Soveral, who's from actually West Palm Beach, was uh, they were down to the final four and he made a mistake and mucked his cards out of turn. And the player mm-hmm. uh that uh, uh had not made his bet yet decided to go ahead and call and then the last player who was on the other side of Savro was very upset because he thought, you know. Yeah, he gave him information, the, of course. Yeah. Did they penalize him? Uh, they ended up not penalizing him, no. And, I had uh, a similar the, the
1: situation this past week in a much smaller tournament, obviously. And I just, you know, it happened early in the tournament. And I warned him. I said, if it happens again, you will be penalized around. Um Those are novice players, though. This is not the
2: case. That's not the case here. Savra insists that he it was an honest mistake, and a couple of a bunch of players on Twitter said they didn't feel that that was true. That that they thought he did it on purpose
1: to to give that player an 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 edge.
2: And that player was knocked out. That was still in the hand. uh, Who was upset because he felt like uh, you know he hadn't folded early that the other player might have folded also might not yeah have, because he's got to think about two right, people called, behind him with cards called, so. Right, exactly so uh that was one of the big things i thought that uh, was interesting but um we'll keep an eye on everything uh seems to be a huge turnout i did look at one article today that talked about uh what was going on as far as the number of players maybe we'll get to that in just a minute but uh um the whole uh, individual things like the seniors and the ladies, that's all still to come, and uh, a lot of people go out there for particular now, things. Now, obviously, like with
1: the, the the 18 unique entries, as you said, 18,000 in the 500 and the 50, um, how are the numbers compared to the same tournaments last year with this year? Are they up, the numbers up? Uh, I'll have to look that are, up. Have not seen don't that? No, I heard, they I have they mentioned anything I think about just, it?
2: Yeah, there was some talk that everything was up this year. It was The, the turnouts I mean, were They're big. anticipating that
1: this field could, for, for this main event this year, could reach, what was it, last year we got to 8,000, didn't we? 8,000 last year uh, for the main event?
2: Yeah. And, you know. Uh, no, it was just under 8,000. It was about 7,700, I think.
1: Was it that? Yeah. Okay. And, um, you know, but they're thinking that that number could go up by 10%, I guess, it was something like that we were well, talking about. Well, that was the
2: talk that if they could go up uh, by 10%, that that would be the biggest tournament of all time. Yep. So that was a little uh, pr- progressive thinking ahead of time, but um, the other tournament that I was looking at was the $10,000 Omaha High Low Eight. I was looking for Mark Perlman's name. Uh, not sure if he would play in a $10,000 tournament. He uh, finished uh, pretty well in the uh, in the $1,500 buy-in.
1: Yeah, and, and he was he was in the um, you know in the main. What was it? Um, he was in the, in the top
2: ten for a while there, yeah, if I'm not well, mistaken. Yeah, when we saw it. But I think he ended up about 60th place, something like that. Uh, Frankie O'Dell won the uh, well, it was the third brace for his career in uh, event 18, which was the $10,000 Omaha High Low 8 or Better. Uh, Oya Ahmed was second. Rob Mizraki was third. And a uh, well-known player, Robert Campbell. There is a Robert Campbell from South Florida, but this is not the same one. Anyway, he finished uh, in fifth. And uh, Sean Deeb was ninth in that one. David Benjamin also made the final table. And uh, it was uh, some good action in just about all the tournaments. So uh kind of wish I was out there. got a chance to see some of it, but some of the big-name tournaments uh still to come, and we'll be covering all of that for you. So let's take our first break on the show. Uh, don't forget you can always pick us up on uh, SoundCloud, probably the best place to pick up the show. You can always uh, then tweet it or uh, email it to somebody the link and uh, get your friends turned on to the show we'd love to have you do that Uh, also anywhere you get your uh, podcasts apple podcasts stitcher uh, a few other places you can always uh, rate the show and uh, give us some feedback that would be great as well Uh, or you can go to our poker action line website and click on that or the PokerFuse podcast page uh, has been covering us for quite some time regularly, and they always include a copy of the show. And Hold'em Radio Network, uh, we're still on there, and they, of course, have uh, tweeted out a lot of uh, instances where they're going to carry our show, sometimes exactly at the time that it's on. So uh, we appreciate all the support from all these places, and we hope you'll continue to pick up the show as we head into a big summer of World Series of Poker Action. We'll be back with more of tonight's show, After these messages.
1: This is Poker
2: Action Line. This is Big Dave for PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. Want to know what's really cool? Your charitable tax-deductible donation every time you play. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. The feel-good gateway to fun and prizes. Play free. Learn our system. Get 50,000 free chips and play for prizes. Play for scholarships that benefit Caribbean students. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com Take it from Big Dave. A win for you is a donation to Caribbean education. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com From the
0: vantage point, Mafatu saw six war canoes drawn upon the beach. But what held the boys' eyes in awful trance, were the figures springing and leaping about the flames, darting, shifting, bounding toward the sky. The eaters of men. Only one thought gave him courage as he ran, his canoe ready waiting. If only he could reach it before the savages overtook him. Explore new worlds. Find out what happens next by reading the book Call It Courage by Armstrong Sperry. For other great book ideas, visit literacy.gov. A message from the Library of Congress and the Yard Council.
2: Welcome back to the show. Big Dave Lemon, Joe Rodriguez, another edition of Poker Action Line, a World Series of Poker. Uh, got underway late May. Uh, here we are on the, doing the show on June 9th, but, uh, or June uh, 11th, I should say. Uh, so it's been a couple of weeks of action, but still five weeks to go. Yep. And uh, main event, of course, uh, July the 3rd, 4th, and 5th out there. Uh, a lot of stuff Ed, in, in the World Series, uh, outside the World Series, of course, out in Vegas, and uh, you know it's hard to stay up with everything. Uh, but uh, our friends at uh, Annie Up Magazine, that I do a column for, did put out in this uh, current issue a whole list of tournaments in different places. So if you could just pick that up, you can find out different things that might appeal to you, different price points. And uh, you know, you have, you got the big name events like Venetian De- Deep Stack, you got ARIA events, uh W V T five hundred I think is coming up, and a lot of big things like that, but um you know, if if you don't wanna just play the cash games at the World Series, you wanted to play some tournaments but maybe can't afford uh three thousand or five thousand dollar buy in, there's a lot of other places you can go town there. Uh, Joe, you've been out there a few times, obviously. Uh, Over the years, uh, poker rooms, what compares with, uh, say, like the Aria or something like that as far as uh, how nice they are?
1: In which way? You're talking about down here?
2: No, in Vegas. In Vegas? I I mean, mean, like
1: the Bellagio has a beautiful room. Um, The Venetian does, you know, obviously the Aria. Um, How about something like Caesar's
2: Palace or... uh, it's been
1: a while since I've been in there, uh, you know, to see their poker room. I, I stayed know the in the Mirage. Palms one
2: year. They only had eight tables. I don't even know if they were. Most had a room listen,
1: anymore. you know, uh, most of the places, you know, um, don't have big rooms, you know. And then when you're talking about the Orleans and you know these the other places, the Gold Coast, they're they're big rooms, but they they they're not as nice as uh, you know. it's. It's a regular poker room, you know, that as far as I'm concerned. You know, for for poker players, I don't know if it really means anything. I, you know, for poker players, it's more about the, you know, the game and and how the room runs the game. Right. You know, uh, I've had when I, you know, many, many years ago when I'd go to Vegas on a yearly basis, I loved playing in some of the Orleans uh, tournaments that they had. They were well run. Um you know it wasn't anything fancy, but I enjoyed the action at the at the cash games there, you know, and um again, as a poker player, I don't care as long as the action is good and the and the game is on the up and up as I could tell people you know you you know decisions are gonna be made right, that the floor and the dealers are are competent right uh which is what I strive for you know in in the rooms that I've run here and um you know, so that the players you know realize. You're not going to lose something, uh, a pop, because a dealer consistently keeps making mistakes because your dealers aren't talented enough uh, or skilled enough to to deal properly, which right. I would imagine is the biggest complaint amongst players at, in, in Vegas because you just can't have that many dealers that are that good to deal to these fields that are, you know, yeah. you know when, when you're talking... 4,800, right, was the field. So even at 10 10 people per table, I don't know if that's what they're doing, but even at 10 people per table, you know, that's 480 tables. Then you have to rotate them. So that's, you know, you're going to need six, seven, eight hundred dealers just to run that tournament. Right. And then you've got all the other tournaments running. So, you know, just my experience tells me there is no way in the world that you're going to get that many good dealers yeah
2: well i would think that they got commitments to cover the dealers for that tournament and then when it's over or actually the day ones are over those people go back to their other places that they normally work at no they usually
1: get a pool it's a large pool because we had one dealer and i won't mention her name because she's a very sweet lady but not a very good dealer and she which has been going for the last four years always planned on that i'm sorry you know she's really not A very good dealer but she's been asked to come back four years in a row to deal okay and she makes great money she makes great money because what they do with these dealers i i would imagine they get a temporary license over in vegas it's a lot easier process than it is here in the state of florida right uh to get a license over there um so you know they get a mix of the tournament downs put into cash games Remember, you know, when you're running something this big, you've got just about every single table, if not every single table, and a long waiting list between cash and tournament games going. So, you know, the, the house, this is like a nonstop thing. And, you know, you need people around the clock just about, I would imagine. The games are strong going into the morning because there's so many people out there. And, again, think about it. We, we just talked about other big casinos running their tournaments that get a 1,000 or so into them. They need dealers. You know, so, I, you know, we've spoken with uh, Stacey Matisau here who's, you know, was hooked up with the Mizoraki Brothers School. And right. I think now it's a training school for WSOP dealers. And, you know, it, again, you have to start. To, this is a process that as soon as the main event comes to an end and, the you know, quote, at, you know, the the tournament ends. I don't know if they're going to have another one after the main event like they did last year, remember?
2: There'll be a few tournaments that to start after, after the, the main the, event. After the main is but, underway.
1: All right, let's just assume
2: the end of July.
1: End of July, it's done, right? They ran yeah. June, July. They're done, at, I think, uh, the, the a 16th. day or two into 16th, May, right? 16th, yeah. So you've now got just 10 months. Think about it. You've got less than 10 months now before it runs plan again, again yeah. to start getting commitments from everybody that, that you need and I can only imagine kitchen staff, you know, or wait staff, you know, you know, everything multiplies by X, and you need these people, and you need to get commitments to make sure that you're able to provide the best service that you can to these players, because that's your, the biggest thing. You mentioned at the beginning of the show, no major complaints, you know? I'm sure the lines are, but I guess people have gotten accustomed to that, and People kind of blaming themselves, knowing that the other people have been able to get in without waiting on those you know, enormous lines. Like right, Al, like right. our friend Al said, it took him less than half an hour to register, but he did it at night. I think we mentioned something like this on one like of our one shows morning, last I year. Said, like yeah. last year, you know, we—I don't know if it was Bernard Lee or somebody on that, that that came on our show—mentioned you should do that, pre-register, have everything there. If you if, if you do some of the things, you'll help your own experience there. If you leave this in the hands of these people, remember, they're attending to thousands of people. So as much as you want to make everybody's experience as enjoyable as possible or as least stressful as possible in this case, if you don't help yourself, as the saying goes, help me help you, you know, you've got to do some of the things for me so that I can function and and try to attend to your needs as quickly as possible. Don't come at, you know, like, like, you know... Can't leave in the middle of rush hour and expect to get home, and at, you know, in ten minutes if you know that the traffic's going to take you an hour and a half. And right. same thing when you go to these casinos and you know the registration line. So, why are you doing this at peak hours when you're going to be frustrated? I, I can't imagine playing poker after waiting three and a half hours on the line to register, and then go play poker. You you. You can't possibly be in the right frame of mind to play poker, you know, after yeah. three hour wait. Yeah, for sure. Uh,
2: one thing that just kind of occurred to me: a question. Uh, as someone who has run a room for many years, uh, and I know that things change over the years as far as Vegas goes, but uh, I noticed that uh, at Dania, uh, they might have a couple of tables going right now. It's really they're they're big regular games, uh, high money games that they were there on a once or twice a week, those guys are all out there at Vegas. What is the effect that the World Series of Poker has on, like, the South Florida scene?
1: Well, again, um, remember I had been out of this now for six, seven years. Right. And I did work for almost a year at Dania before I had health issues. And, yeah, you're absolutely right. The big game where, you know, I was lucky enough to come in as an experienced Forget about being a manager as an experienced dealer. And I was lucky enough to get the day shift where I was able to deal in that big game. And, yeah, it it definitely affects that game because, you know, um, playing in that game, uh, what was the, the gentleman's name? He real nice, Alex. Uh, uh, Turiansky. Yeah, you go. Real nice guy who bubbled the final table a few years ago. Yeah, uh, finished I think in actually the main. he lost to the guy who came in ninth back-to-back years. Yeah. Uh, uh. What was that gentleman's name? Mark. Uh, um, yeah. Uh, I mean, he was the one the first year that he came in ninth. It was the pocket fours against pocket fives, and, and uh, Alex had the pocket fours, and then the fives held up. Mark uh, Newsom Newsom, uh, I think, yeah. right. So, um, you know, which is an incredible feat to make the back-to-back final tables in fields that were well over 6,000 at that time. Um, yeah, those players will all go out there. So the games here suffer. I could tell you <sighs> – I would imagine it affects more the rooms like the Hard Rock, West Palm Beach, um, as opposed to, you know, Dania did have that big game, but it won't affect any of the other games. Even though they're not producing the the, the amount of games that all the other poker rooms are, um, I would imagine it affects Hialeah Magic City, maybe ten percent of their field. Uh, I would imagine the bigger players are the Hard Rock, West Palm Beach some from the aisle, you know, that will make plans to be out there for two or three weeks. Uh, If they have success, they stay a little bit longer or they come back broke and they don't come to your room. The month of June is kind of like an up and down cycle. On top of all of that, school is ending for for everybody who has, you know, children. And um, so early vacations are planned. If you look at the Bravo system down here, Dave, the people, the rooms that use the Bravo system, you can look up and see how many tables are running at any time. Um, Hialeah, which in, you know does $700,000 in revenue a month, normally on the weekend, on Fridays and Saturdays, they're probably running 17, 18, 19 tables. And they were probably running somewhere around 11 or 12. Yeah, you know, We've been used to running now since it's only been a little over three months that we've been open, but... Fridays was usually our our best night running six six, sometimes seven tables. you know we were running three you know and you looked all over town and everybody's numbers from the previous few weeks we had every everyone had a really good Memorial Day weekend and then the following weekend, which was this past weekend, numbers were way down for everybody. Um, again, I don't think it affects it as much as people think it does, it might affect it to your big games. But, you know, small games, there's enough people to feed that in. You, you, know, you have people like Al Gomez, you know, who, who will go to these games and will make plans, like our friends Mark Perlman and um, Michael, uh, Michael Moed, Moed and, and stuff like that. But they're out there for a week or two and they come back. You're not looking at a group of 30 or 40 of them from one individual room. Outside, I would imagine, of maybe the hard-rocking again.
2: That go for seven that, weeks.
1: Nah, it's very hard for seven weeks. Yeah. Because, again, if you have a family, you know, God bless you if you're able to get away for seven weeks. You know, uh, if you're a married man, that the wife will, will allow you to be away And if you have children. You can't bring your family with you because it's hard as hell to concentrate uh, after a while because look at how long these tournaments last. They're twelve, usually 10- to 12-hour days. And if you survive to the end, which is what your goal is, you're going to be away for that amount of time. So, you know, maybe 10 percent in some of the rooms, 15 in in the bigger rooms. But overall, I think what affects it more is that the school kids are out of school. And, you know, for those who don't have children, you know, when your kids are not at school and now there's no no program place, it actually becomes a little more stressful for the parents. So. I've always noticed a dip in the numbers in the first 10 to 15 days of June. Picks up a little bit towards the end. And, you know, July and August down here, remember, we have the Hard Rock who runs their big tournament in August. Right. Brings a lot of players, you know, down to South Florida. And if you're lucky enough, some will trickle into your room. Um, So, yeah, June, the beginning of the WSOP outside of Memorial Day weekend, affects rooms here. A small amount, but I think actually life affects it a little bit more yeah. uh, it, it, down here than than the WSOP.
2: Well, besides all, I mean, obviously the tournaments get all the attention, the bracelets and everything, but uh, uh, you know, the, we've talked about the cash games. My uh, our, our guest host next week is going to be Michael Tate. He's going to join us here in the studio. Joe is going to be out of town, so uh, he has gone out there for several years, not for the whole time. He has a full-time job and and uh gets a chance to go out in fact, this year he told me he probably wasn't gonna go out until the main, so uh his plans have changed a little bit, but he said well, it's really great to uh to go ahead and uh and have some of you know those
0: uh
2: cash game nights but besides that uh in the you know there's the daily deep stack and there's great little tournaments there that people get involved in but a story I came across uh was about poker satellites. That's a huge part of the business out there, uh, not just for the main event where people can, you know, play step satellites and start out for like a $500 tournament or maybe even less and end up buying into one the main. They have one-table
1: satellites where, you know, you, I don't know what they're raking on this, but, you know, 10 people, uh, 1050 bucks or 1030 bucks and, you know, winner has an entry into the main event, right, you know? Exactly. so um So they have others that, you know, are... $500 uh, satellites and depending on how many players enter it, it's a multi-table satellite tournament, you know, for every 10,000, there's a, the, you know, you don't have to play it till the very end. If they, if, if they get enough where they can give out five main event seats and then there's eight or $9,000, I don't know if they, you know, if they break it down or the, or the next person gets that amount. So now it's a much shorter buy-in for them to get it to the main event. And the house, remember, is always raking these things. Right, exactly. So, that's a nut, like you said. That's huge. I remember a player down here that used to make a lot of money because you'd be able to sell your main event chip for the same value that it was. Yeah. Just so people didn't have to wait online. Think about that. You know, you're you're, you're already set on paying the ten thousand dollars. Okay. Somebody comes by with with these satellite tickets and and you're able to sell them. You're going to sell them in two seconds, yeah. and you're going to get full face value for them, just so that people don't have to wait on those long lines for registration. I would imagine that's part of also. It's helped the WSOP, but for other people, like you mentioned, now there's so many different tournaments. You don't have to get there early because there isn't that many. You know, x amount of tournaments. There's other casinos, so you know you you can really be choosy as to how you're going to plan your your stay there. And also, I mean, I mean, we've had Michael Mowat on the show say that as soon as him and his wife came back from a successful run that the wife had in and, and one of them, um, they immediately booked their room for the following year. Right. So, you know, obviously there's thousands of hotel rooms out there, but the cost, how you're going to do this, you know, a lot goes into the planning, not just obviously as we've mentioned here on the management side of running the tournament, but from the player's side so that you're able to – get a nice place to stay at and and possibly get some rest if you go deep in these tournaments. Okay.
2: Um, the reason I brought up the satellites was there's a brand new book out uh, written by uh, Dara O'Kearney and Barry Carter called Poker Satellite Strategy. And there's a whole new difference of how to approach these things as opposed to regular tournaments, cash games, different things. Uh, obviously, you want to... Uh, you don't need to win, win every hand in satellites, so uh again know, if, if it's you, a different if, approach
1: if it all depends on whether yeah we've had satellites remember if if the object uh the you know your objective in the tournament is to get an entry into something then all you have to get to is that one point right you don't have to risk pocket aces even though you might have pocket aces against a big guy because if you've got enough chips your strategy is fold fold until the short stacks you know, are, are beaten out, of the, out and, of the thing. And you
2: talked about the single-table satellites where you have to win your table You know, normally. The, there's so many out there where, depending on the number of players in that satellite, you might only need to finish in the top ten.
1: Exactly, in the multi-table ones. Right. So once, once the field is – once they've closed off the tournament, they'll announce how many fields. So now your objective, if if they're giving out ten, 10 seats, your objective is not to win this tournament. Your objective is to be tenth. That's your objective. All I got to do is be tenth. I'm gonna get my. I want, I'm gonna get exactly what I wanted to get into that thing. So, you know, late in tournament strategy obviously changes depending on your chip position. The single table one is different. You know, if you're in a, in a satellite for, I mean, a, a, in a single table tournament, top three get paid. So, you know, maybe sometimes you let them pay it out and then you go, let me see if I could knock this guy out. But I'm already guaranteed money. No, if you let somebody get too strong on you. You know, now now you're going to have to go in with something else. So I, I would imagine the strategy that they sit there at a single table uh, where only one person gets, you know, a ticket is to be a lot more aggressive. Yeah, exactly. Because otherwise, otherwise you're not going to have enough chips to be able to go to battle once the blinds keep kicking up.
2: All right. Well, it's something to keep in mind because, uh, you know, a lot of times you can win a couple of these satellites or you qualify for the next round or the step. Uh, and you don't have to come up with 10000 A lot of people might save up for a year well, to come up with 10000 Like I
1: said, so, this gentleman, I know we're going back oof, early 2000s, late late ni- uh, 1990s. He used to go out there. He had no intention of playing in the main event, but he kept saying that the satellite players who were trying to get in for this were so bad that he'd show me his receipts. He goes, he'd win three, four, five. He had been doing this for many years. And I go, well, what do you? How much did you discount? He goes, what do you mean, discount them? He goes, you just go to the line, and these people don't want to wait online. They're buying them for you for full face value. So he didn't want to play, but he was selling his tickets. So so when he won his one, of, when he got one of those, right? When he got one of those back, he showed me one of them and took a picture. It was like a ticket almost. Right. You know, it wasn't the the the, the lambers that they do now. We, you know, we're going right. back twenty something years. And he goes, you know, Joe, I'm getting ten. Well. I think they used to charge ten thousand three hundred back then. The three hundred now it's just an even ten thousand, or ten five, whatever it was. Um, he goes, I was getting full value. So if I won three or four of these, I was picking up thirty, forty thousand dollars for for you know a week and a half, two week stay in Vegas. He goes, you know, he goes, I that's where he made his money. He didn't want to go, and remember back then they were growing $200, $250,000 in the main event. He goes, listen, this thing's going to take, you know, three, four days. I don't have time for that tournament like this. A satellite is one day. And, you know, for him, that that time frame for him was, he goes, for a six, seven-year period, anywhere between thirty and $60,000 right. that he'd pick up in, in satellites there because he'd sell the ticket. Exactly. So he goes, there's a lot. He always used to tell me there's a lot of ways to make money over there. And he goes, and, and a lot of people are making money, and not one of them is entering tournaments. Yeah, exactly.
2: Uh, well, let's take another break uh, on the show. I do want to give you the results. Uh, we were at the final table of the World, uh, uh, the World Poker Tour uh, Tournament of Champions, uh, and I want to give you the results of that one. Also, a couple other events that are going on now that I've been keeping an eye on. Uh, I mentioned the deep run by uh, Corey Zeidman, Mark Perlman, Al Gomez. A lot of our good friends are out there. And uh, they're picking up a nice, uh, some nice change here and there. I, I don't see anybody just tearing it up from our group, uh, people that we know regular. But uh, uh, there's still a lot more tournaments. Yeah, to a go. lot of way to go. We're we're like in vent, uh 21 right now is down to the final table, and uh, we're keeping an eye on that one. That one's on Poker Go today, by the way. I watched a little bit of that this afternoon, and the final table. Uh, Paul Volpe was the first one knocked out from the final table. And the chip leader going into the final table was uh, former Survivor contestant uh, Jean-Robert Balland. We haven't heard
1: his name in a while yeah. in the poker world.
2: Yeah, he was uh, he was in, but he is out now, and there are four players left. Uh, chip leader is Jim Bechtel. Uh, second is Prahlad Friedman, uh, another name we haven't heard much lately. Darren Elias, who is uh, one of the champions of the World Poker Tour several times over is in third, and Vince Musso Muso is fourth, so they are playing down toward a bracelet there out of 91 players, they're down to the final four, but let's take this break on the show when we come back, we'll look at a couple other things and uh, finish things up on tonight's program, we appreciate you being with us and we'll be back after these messages here on the Poker Action Line
0: This is Poker Action Line
2: The name of this game is Place Your Chips Caribbean. You can access a live demonstration of the game right now at www.placeyourchipscaribbean.com. We believe that when it goes live soon, there will be a heavy demand for this game as most lottery players would much rather have some say in the outcome of their lottery result. Their odds of winning are greatly improved if they're able to utilize their playing skills in order to increase their chances of winning. I hope that you will try the play for free demonstration and hope that you will join us when the play for real game becomes available later this year. Welcome back to the show, Big Dave and Joe on Poker Action Line and uh, one of the tournaments that we were covering last week and uh, this is something I brought up about uh, the WPT is the they went to these uh, delayed final tables and they scheduled them right in the first week of the World Series of Poker now obviously there's a lot of people out there and you know they can people can come by the HyperX uh, eSports arena at the Luxor and watch some of that but uh as far as publicity goes in the poker coverage world it's kind of shoved to the back burner was it, was, well, it, uh, was it a good uh, choice or no that, well <laughs> we
1: kind of heard about it about what well, remember they did what one from other casinos that they did the final table like four about a month earlier yeah and it, that got a lot of publicity yeah that was the that, that got a was, lot of play uh, you know the they, first, they, they the they, first set of 3 right so you know including the borgata they they didn't have a, they didn't have to uh, you know have this competition we really didn't hear about this we mentioned it i'm sure it's been mentioned on other poker shows but um you're right i i, I think for future planning you know, they probably gave this a shot to see if they'd get it. You know, if they'd get some feedback on this, and I don't think it's worked out for them. Uh, again, not having followed this as closely as 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 I would have to to make a, a you know a, a complete uh, analysis on this, but you know, I remember the first one getting a lot more publicity and a lot more play, you know, and the excitement in it, and obviously. I think they scheduled this right at the beginning of of the WSOP because obviously you have the the employees the tournament, and they probably thought that they would get this. But you know, when you're when you're when you're up against the big dog, I don't I I don't care if you're just in the grooming stage. Everybody's there to see the big dog in the show, and maybe next year might be better to plan it maybe the week before the WSOP starts so that you get that excitement that's leading up to the WSOP but they're not quite there yet maybe maybe the, the the main focus is on on your product
0: yeah exactly
1: now dave i wanted to ask you something real quick because we've always talked about some of these people and i know you've been out there at the beginning of the world series of poker you know when you went out there i know you got some great interviews and you've always mentioned that some of the people here was it easier for you to get interviews out there than it's been here at the Hard Rock when some of the tournaments, yes. or is it similar? Yeah, no, it was.
2: It's, it, no, there's just so many players. There's so many tournaments going on at the same time that break at different times, so you can walk around and get people uh, on breaks and stuff like that. So I, I found it to be a lot easier.
1: Out there at the WSOP, yeah, yeah. people were more open to, to right. that because so many
2: things going on, huh? Yeah, that was pretty much the way it went. Uh, anyway, I mentioned the uh, Tournament of Champions, which uh, concluded their season out there, season uh, 17. Uh, and it was at the Aria, the uh, Baccarat Crystal WP Tournament of Champions. Uh, we mentioned last week when we were on the show they had six left still. And uh, Old Shemian was the chip leader. Well, he hung on for the win. Oh, good for uh, him. Nick Schulman was at that final table. He finished sixth. Griffin Paul was fourth. Simon Lamb in fourth. Uh, Ryan Tosik in third, and it was Tony Dunst who went head-to-head with Shemian for the bracelets, or not the bracelet, but to uh, get his name on the Tournament of Champions Cup. And uh, the players that won during the season all got a buy-in into the event. They actually took the money out of their prize money, but uh, the 15000 Uh Any previous season WPT champ could enter for 15000 and there was 100 grand added to the prize pool and a lot of sponsored prizes. So they had 76 players in this one, and the prize pool was just under 1.3 million. Shemian was the winner, cashing for 440 thousand, and in second Tony Dunst won 250. So obviously he didn't do the uh, TV for that.
0: <laughs>
2: and I checked it out. It was uh, Vince kind of doing the play-by-play and doing the color commentary was Maria Ho. So uh, I'm sure she was happy to get a chance at that. Um, but that will be, of course, later in the season on Season 17, so which is underway with a lot of broadcasts and that sort of thing. Uh, that is another uh, event that kind of concludes a season for them. So they will uh, be off for probably several weeks until uh, some of their international events kick underway. Uh, I did mention that... Uh, That uh, 7 Lowball, which was a pretty interesting show. Uh, One of the things that bothered me a little bit was I was hoping, you know, I have PokerGo yearly subscription, and uh, they were supposed to carry a lot of the final tables, but they came into some kind of agreement the WSOP did with CBS Sports uh, uh, Access, which is their uh, streaming service. And they got, like, a majority of the tournaments was, I'll go to PokerGo to look at at that final table. And it'll say blacked out in your area because that's uh, CBS is doing that. So mm. I don't know what to say. Well, that. uh, that's a
1: shame. I'm, I'm sure CBS offered a lot more money.
2: Anyway, we need to take one quick last break on the program, and uh, then we'll finish things up when we return. You're listening to Poker Action Line. Check us out, and uh, you can always drop us a line. Big Dave Lem at. Uh, Actually, bigdave at pokeractionline.com is the email, bigdave at pokeractionline.com. So if you have any suggestions or thoughts or would like to have a guest on the show that we can pursue, uh, please do so. We'll be back to finish things up when we return. Poker Action Line will be right back.
0: This is Poker Action Line.
2: The name of this game is Place Your Chips Caribbean. You can access a live demonstration of the game right now at www.placeyourchipscaribbean.com. We believe that when it goes live soon, there will be a heavy demand for this game as most lottery players would much rather have some say in the outcome of their lottery result. Their odds of winning are greatly improved if they're able to utilize their playing skills in order to increase their chances of winning. I hope that you will try the Play for Free demonstration and I hope that you will join us when the Play for Real game becomes available later this year. Final segment of the show, Dick, Dave, and Joe. Uh, a lot of players uh, still entering. They're still on day one of the $10,000 horse event. Joe has been mentioning some of the big names that were playing uh, a lot of guys just showing up here, yeah, of course. They, uh, they
1: said they've unbelievable amount, and they're on level three. You know, they only started a little while ago, but level three, and they're saying that there's a lot of people coming in, uh, you know, for, for, for you know, joining the field.
2: Uh, Anthony Zeno back in, Mike Mattisau, uh Max Pescatori. A big group of players and uh, a few guys that have uh, already won a bracelet. Scott uh, Clements won a bracelet earlier in this series. He is in the tournament now as well. And uh, guys like David Benjamin, Brock Parker. Corey Zeidman is playing as well. We uh, keep an eye on Corey. He has been on the show with us many times. He's from Coral Springs down there. And uh, John Manette, great. uh, Chip Jett. David ODB Baker. Lane Flack. Yep. Uh, John Monette is a great uh, mixed game player. So this is the uh, horse tournament. And uh, Corey's really an expert at uh, seven-card stud, uh, especially high-low. But both regular stud and, and high-low It's a good player. So I'm... Um, I guess, you know, there's guys that uh, specialize in certain events and they might just kind of fold a lot of maybe like the Raz around. I've seen players in tournaments do that. The problem
1: is once you get to a certain level, the blinds, (laughs) it's almost like a no-limit game, you know, because even though you're raising in a structured uh, format, you know, you you reach a certain point where it's really no longer just a limit game. It's almost playing like if you're going to decide to play (laughs) one of these games – Obviously, later on in the tournament, you know, once you get up a, a bunch of levels, you know, if you take a stand on one of them, you know, it, it, it's almost like you're you, you better hit something because the betting structure is just so loud I mean, so high. And then when you have to ante, and I don't know how they're doing it in these uh, mixed games, um you know, because obviously they're doing to the big blind ante now, but either way, you know. The the horse tournaments that I love, because Raz was my favorite of all of them, and I also enjoyed playing seven card and seven high, high high-low. I enjoyed Hold'em, a lot harder in limit to to protect your hand, and Omaha was always the one that I would try to stay away from as much as I could. Right. Because that was the game that, for some reason— I haven't been able forget about mastering. I'm not. I, I don't know how to play some of these hands because I have folded hands when I'm going. How could these people have bet these hands? And so, obviously, I haven't played enough of Omaha High Low to 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 feel comfortable. Even though right. I have won some horse tournaments.
2: Well, a lot of other big name players have chose to go the other way and play in a one thousand dollar hold'em tournament uh, that started this morning there in level eight of that one. Phil Helmuth is still playing there. Uh, Jeff Madsen. Uh, Barry Greenstein, Kristen Bicknell, some of the big names uh, that are playing there. They just went on their dinner break out there for that one. So I uh, wonder if Helmuth, is, uh we mentioned him last week, that he did get a little upset, but uh, hasn't made a lot of uh, dramatic entrances like he has in the past to show yeah. off a little bit. Now that he's on uh, uh, WPT as the uh, raw deal host for that. Yeah, they probably said, listen, calm, calm, calm down, down a little bit, you know. Uh, I've seen a lot of tweets from uh Jennifer tilly uh I see Phil Lack is also in that tournament uh Aaron Massey, a few other players like that so uh a lot of action out there and uh you know it's you gonna know. be like this for the next five weeks yeah it is and uh uh I think if you know in the past we did some trivia stuff or not, or some some fantasy stuff yes. where we chose a number of guys. And uh, we're one and one against each other there yeah, Big Dave. Yeah, it's kind of hard to keep up with some of that stuff with 80 uh 80 of tournaments.
1: Yes, exactly. And and unless unless you could actually just plug in the people's name and see what they did and I don't think you could do that, correct?
2: Right. Right. So it's kind of tough. Anyway, uh some of the other ones winding down the seven card stud high low. The $1,500 buy ins playing, as I mentioned, the marathon is underway. Uh, there's an online event going on now, PLO six handed. Uh, there's also a $600 buy in PLO deep stack event uh, going on. So these are all underway right now and uh, playing down uh, some of the later stages of the event. So um, the no limit uh, deuce lowball, uh, catch a little bit of that on Poker Go. Saw some uh, interesting play in that. Uh, I, I, I don't have. Hardly ever played that game. I uh, Played deuce seven triple draw with three draws, but this is one where you only get one draw. Mm. It's a single draw. So uh, I saw, you got to have a good hand I'm, dealt to you to really I, stay in. I,
1: I wish I could remember the players. I remember I was a little awestruck at that time, and they were playing deuce seven triple draw, and the stakes were incredible. and And I was like, you know, even though I was I was in my in my mid to late thirties at the time, I was like awestruck. You know, like, for me it was like watching movie stars walking around. And I'm trying I, for the life of me I can't remember who the players were, but I remember getting back home going, man, I saw so these three players on the same table and they were playing. <laughs> I asked the supervisor, you know, they, I said Are they play fight cards. He goes, no, they're playing do seven. You know, they're you know Kansas City lowball and, oh. It was it was the amount of money that was going in there, and I just hung around for two or three hands to see how they played it, and you know, obviously without seeing their cards, you don't know what their strategy is. And yeah,
2: Mike Sexton, I've seen his name in a couple of the chip counts. I haven't seen much of uh, Jan and uh, and Linda Johnson, Jan Fisher, and Linda Johnson. And have you have you seen anything of Vanessa
1: Salves? So has she been there I ever don't since she so. took that bet? So. She, ever ever they, since she made that bet with um, with Jason? Was it no? Was it not? It was yeah? with Jason? Uh, when she gave him those crazy odds, and he winds up, he said he'd win three bracelets. He won two, came in second and another, and made like two other final tables. Yeah, I, I, I think she decided. I, I, I don't recall hearing a whole lot from. Well, her. I saw,
2: I see her on Twitter once in a while. She's married and has, they have a baby. Uh, I don't know if uh, it was artificial insemination or what, but uh, 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 Vanessa or adopted, was holding maybe, the baby. Or, oh, they uh, could have adopted it too, but. Uh, uh, yeah, it's funny. It's funny. I think uh, she's kind of moved on with her life. She does play some poker once in a while, but I mean, she's not going to go out to Vegas and well, and be we a mentioned how Jason's
1: life would also change for, for him. Jason and is pretty much their, out of their poker, their uh,
2: good bit. Uh, yeah. You know, players like Vanessa Russo and uh, some of those uh, uh, kind of walked away from the game quite a bit. And are this just game not playing burns you out. Just game does.
1: burns you out. It really does. And yeah. and if you've had success and been smart enough to invest your money wisely and keep it, you know. Now you now you do it instead of as quote a living now you do it for fun and see if you can make extra money yeah,
2: well, we'll keep an eye on all these events for you and kind of give you a rundown. Uh, we'll be back next week. Uh, Michael Tate will uh, be in place of Joe, and we uh, look forward to bringing you another show with Michael. Michael is going out to the main event to play and uh, has been playing very well at some of the seminal hard rock tournaments and some of those this year, so uh, look forward to having a good conversation with him. And uh, Joe will be back the following week. So uh, we appreciate you being with us tonight. Uh, Thank you, Joe, uh, on the technical end of things, and we appreciate it as well. And we certainly look forward to another show next week here on Poker Action Line.
0: The views and opinions of the hosts, guests, or callers are not necessarily those of the station, its owners, advertisers, or agencies we